Local ministers will no longer receive free water and electricity after President Cyril Ramaphosa ordered the withdrawal of the new ministerial handbook. Now, this follows public outcry over the amendments which exempted ministers and their deputies from paying for water and electricity at their state-owned houses. The DA gave the president an ultimatum to scrap the ministerial handbook or face mass protest. The party accused Ramaphosa of secretly abusing the power or his power by dishing out expensive perks to his ministers. For more on this, we joined on the line by DA Member of Parliament and Shadow Minister of Public Service and Administration, Dr. Leon Schreiber. Very good morning to you, Doctor, and welcome. Good morning, Elvis, and good morning to the listeners. You must be elated with the withdrawal. So what are some of the DA's concerns about the Ministerial Handbook in its current form? Yes, indeed. I think that this is a very important victory that the DA has won here uh, for the people of South Africa. Um, it is over the past two weeks, uh, it's been the DA that's managed to expose these amendments, as you say, which were made really in secret in April of this year already. Uh, there was no communication to the public at that point, uh, and there was no communication to Parliament at that point either. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, the, one of the principal changes were the fact that uh, ministers would receive unlimited free electricity and water at the two official residences, one in Cape Town and, and one in, um, in Pretoria. And the other big change was that uh, the number of personnel employed in private offices of ministers uh, would be dramatically expanded, which would have cost taxpayers, by our calculation, at least 87 million rand more every year. So I do think it is an important victory, and, and you know the ability of the DA and the public to force the president's hand on this has saved us at least 87 million rand every year. And I think that that is an important uh, step forward. What do you think prompted uh, the the president change of the of the current statute in the ministerial handbook? So I think that the, the changes and, and the, the reasons for these changes over the past few weeks um, were just simply insufficient. So we, you, you may remember Monty Grunkobele was defending these um, free water and electricity uh, to ministers uh, on the bizarre basis that you know somehow a minister that's earning 2.4 million rand a year has somehow job insecurity. <laughs> so I think that the president also saw... Uh, uh, that the, the, the reasons that were being given, just, you know, the public wasn't buying them. Um, and I think that that's true. I think the president came in to power saying that, you know, he's going to cut back on wasteful spending, etc. So the idea of that same president then massively expanding the ministerial handbook was just hypocritical, frankly. Mm. And I think that that's why, at the end of the day, he was forced to concede. The DA has already laid a complaint with the public protector over the apparent fact that there is no law that provides for the existence of this ministerial handbook. So what happens to this complaint now, given the latest development in respect of the withdrawal of the new ministerial handbook laws? Yes, no, we are absolutely pressing ahead with that uh, complaint, uh, because as you say, that's a much bigger question than just, you know, one or two particular perks. Uh, We are very concerned that there's no law that explicitly provides for the existence of the ministerial handbook, and also very specifically um, that doesn't require the president to even inform parliament of this. So we would like the public protector to continue with that investigation, and we hope that she will agree with us that uh, it is not acceptable in our democracy that the president can have essentially dictatorial powers to determine what these perks are and then just implement them without any consultation 
without any transparency and without any parliamentary oversight. So um, as much as we've won an important victory on these particular perks, uh, we still need to reform the system. And ultimately, Elvis, what we believe is that, as with any other decision about government spending, it should ultimately be Parliament that makes the decision, because you cannot have a conflict of interest where the President, who is a member of Cabinet, decides what the perks are for Cabinet, uh, and, and without any kind of... Um, public transparency or role for parliament. So we believe that is now the big fight to prevent this kind of thing from happening going forward because, you know, as much as the president has withdrawn these perks, under the current system he can literally decide today to bring them back. And and it would take another public campaign for us to stop that. That is not sustainable. We need to, to fix the system to make sure this doesn't happen again going forward. So, one, you would like to scrap the ministerial handbook. It shouldn't be there. But do you also think it's maybe time mm. to revisit how ministers and their deputies are remunerated? So, let me just say, on scrapping the ministerial handbook, yes, it must be scrapped and in, the, in the way the system currently operates. But, of course, where there is a case for particular benefits, you know, we're not being unreasonable here. Things like security, for example, where... You know, there are security threats. Um, all we're saying is that Parliament should be the one to decide which of those benefits are justified. Uh, and it must be done in an open and transparent way. And then you won't have a situation <laughs> with nonsense like free water and electricity because we would have been able to prevent it from happening in the first place through Parliament. I think the second point about remuneration, you know, uh, for me the bigger question is if you have a, a ministerial handbook which essentially, you know, pays for housing. It pays for uh, vehicles, 800,000 rand per vehicle, two of those, one in Pretoria, one in Town. If it pays for free water and electricity, security, traveling, um, the question, you know, offices, then the question really becomes what is the salary for? Because, you know, South Africans who receive a salary must pay for those things themselves. And I think that's where the perks are really, that's the first place to start. Mm-hmm. And to really ask a serious question, yes, you get a salary, but surely you can't, you know, essentially receive double payment for the same thing. Exactly. Uh, I think that's the key point uh, going forward, and that's where the system needs to change. Thank you so much. Uh, DA Member of Parliament and Shadow Minister for Public Service and Administration, Dr. Leon Schreiber.